How do the Caps proceed with the rest of the season? Next on Locked On Caps. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Caps, we talk about how should the Capitals proceed with the rest of the season now that they're out of it, so to speak. Should they call some players up from Hershey to get a better look at them? Then we'll talk about the latest with John Carlson and Darcy Kemper. And ultimately, what is Peter Laviolette's future in Washington? But just to get it going here, we're happy to have Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington back on the show. Matt, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me on, Dan. Thanks. So just taking a look at this season, it, it's not, and I've spoke with you for quite some time, uh, you know, throughout this entire season, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs. And uh, it seems like for me right now that the caps are out of it. Um, you take a look at money puck. There's just a zero point, whatever percent chance of them making it to the playoffs. And then the capitals blow games that on paper, they should have won. They lose to St. Louis, Minnesota, and then they lose to Columbus in Washington. Where does this caps for the rest of the season? Yeah, you know, I think hockey reference is a little bit more optimistic, giving them a 2.9% chance. But, you know, when you're talking about numbers that low, it certainly uh, means they're they're pretty much on the outside looking in, barring some miracle run here and a, a lot of help from the teams in front of them in the standings. The Capitals are probably going to have their season here end uh, in the next couple of weeks. They've got 10 games left uh, down the stretch against some pretty good competition, too. So uh, they're going to have to really put together some kind of historic run if they're going to make things interesting. But as I said, more more likely than not, they're, they're going to be finishing up their season here. And, you know, it's a disappointing run. I, I think that this is a team, you know, that has made the playoffs 14 in the last 15 years. They have the expectation of being there every single season. And, you know, as we've learned in, in the Ovechkin era, you know, that's to be expected. Uh, so when it doesn't happen, it, it's certainly, you know, a blow, not just for the fans, but for the players and the coaches as well. Uh, so as they they kind of finish out here, they're they're going to try to finish strong. You know, they're still going looking for wins every single time they take the ice. But you know, when you're you're blowing games, you know, when you take a three nothing lead against a team like Columbus, and you're not able to hold on to it. it it's definitely not a good sign uh, for what's to come in your season. And that's what I was hearing in the post game presser is defense. The Caps need defense. There is no way that that game should have got that far out of hand. A three to nothing lead. And I know kind of the knee jerk reaction is to say, well, Charlie Lindgren blew it, but I ultimately don't think that's the case. I'm sure there's probably some of the goals that he would like to have had back, but you got to think to a certain extent, the defense and even, you know, the forwards and stuff were kind of folding and not really doing any favors to Chucky. Yeah. I think, you know, they've had problems like that all season and, and really, and we've heard Peter Laviolette talk recently just about systematic breakdowns. And you're at a point in the season where you can't really afford to be having those kinds of mistakes. You know, if a player, you know, makes a bad play on a puck and it creates a breakaway, sure, you can live with that. But when guys just aren't where they're supposed to be and the system breaks down, you know, that that's a, a sign of a larger problem. And that's what the Capitals are facing. And, you know, they did trade away some key players and they, they brought in some new faces. So, you know, you'd, you'd expect there to not really be, you know, chemistry right away in a lot of those areas and a 
complete grasp of the system. But, you know, with so much little time left, uh, you know, the Capitals can't really afford to be making those mistakes. And, and that's kind of where they are at this point. So the big question for me, I guess, is how do the Capitals proceed? Uh, for me, I think that I would try to give some guys in Hershey a call-up if the Caps are, in fact, out of it, or maybe they don't perceive they're out of it. But whenever they are mathematically out of it, I think it would be advantageous for the Capitals to give, you know, maybe McMichael or, you know, some of these other guys that are kind of vying for spots on the Bears. I know it's not ultimately a best-case scenario for Hershey because they're actually playing rather well this year. But um, is that your assessment? Do you think they should give some of these guys a better look once the Capitals are ultimately out of it? I certainly don't think it can hurt. You know, I think that, uh, you know, when you get to a point uh, where you pretty much are not in the playoff hunt, you know, you start to look ahead to next season. Certainly the front office, you know, made moves at the deadline with that in mind. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, Peter LaViolette is in the last year of his contract. He's still fighting for wins. You know, he's not assured to be part of this organization past this season. He's focused on what he came in here to do, and that's to win hockey games. So, well, that hasn't ha been happening a whole lot lately. You know, he's been making roster and lineup decisions uh, based on who is the, the best set of players that he can have the ice on a given night. So, you know, as we kind of wind down here and, and maybe it takes them officially being eliminated for it to happen, uh, maybe we see, uh, you know, one or two of those guys you mentioned get the call up and, and get a look uh, at the NHL level. And, and certainly uh, with John Carlson potentially nearing a return here and the salary cap implications of bringing him back, uh, you have to wonder, you know, what other kind of corresponding moves might be involved there. They might need a cheaper player uh, around as opposed to a more expensive one. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what GM Brian McClellan decides to do. Now, being that you bring up Peter Laviolette, I'm one of the the rare people, you know, I talked to quite a few people on the show and everyone is like, you know, this is Laviolette's last season. Get him out of here. He is the winningest U.S. born coach. Uh, these guys don't just grow on trees out there. I ultimately, at the end of the day, don't think it was Peter Laviolette's fault. I think that he was dealt a really bad hand. I think that he had the pieces in place at the beginning of this and then his team faced a myriad of injuries. Uh, what are your thoughts on Peter Laviolette? For me, I think they should give him another shot. Or if they do plan on replacing him, the one thing I hate is kind of a knee-jerk reaction. We fired him. Who did you replace him with? Oh, we got some candidates. We'll get back to you on that one. That's the position I don't think the capital should be in. Yeah, you know, I think if you do decide to move on from, from Peter Laviolette, you should have in mind, you know, one, two or three candidates who you, you know really feel confident would give you a better chance to win right now. The fact of the matter is, this is not a Capitals team that is about to go into a rebuild. You're not going to bring somebody in, uh, you know, who's getting their first shot at being a head coach uh, to coach a 37-year-old Ovechkin and company. You know, you want somebody who's experienced, somebody uh, who can help him continue to, to play winning hockey here uh, over the last couple of years of his career as he chases Wayne Gretzky's record. So, you know, how many coaches out there really have the pedigree uh, and experience to do that better than Peter Laviolette? You know, I think that that's something uh, that the Capitals really have to, to figure out between themselves. And certainly, you know, there are names out there that, that could fit that bill. But, you know, at the end of the day, Laviolette has been in this, in this organization for two years now. A lot of the players know his system. And if you think you can make it work, you know, why not try to, to see if you can run it back with him uh, and, and continue to, to play winning hockey uh, over these last few years with Ovechkin? Yeah, because it only makes sense to me to to either have someone in mind or just go all in on Peter 
I mean, like I say, guys like him, they don't grow on trees and there's no real candidate that kind of jumps out at me that could be, you know, the next replacement. I've often heard some people say, well, maybe the head coach down at Hershey might be a viable option, but you know, ultimately we don't know at the end of the day if that's the case or not. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about the latest with the injury to John Carlson and Darcy Kemper. And when can we expect to see them return? We'll talk about that after the break. No matter how great the last game was, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, hopping uh, from site to site, hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job descriptions. And you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applicants applicants that meet your must-have requirements. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed. You need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this episode, we have Matt Wyrick on the show. And let's talk about one of the biggest pieces missing from this lineup that could have ultimately changed how this team has played as of late. And that is John Carlson. Uh, as we know about John Carlson, he sustained a major injury less than a minute into the third period of a 4-1 to win over the visiting Winnipeg Jets on December 3rd. Uh, Carlson was struck by a 90-mile-per-hour slap shot off the stick of Jets defenseman Brendan Dillon, Carlson's former teammate in Washington. There was no time uh, for Carlson to duck or dodge the puck. The impact left him with a small skull fracture above the right ear and severed temporal artery. Wow, that's a lot worse And I guess a lot of people thought, you know, I heard all kinds of crazy things following that, you know, his ear was severed off and his wife kind of debunked that. What is the latest that you've heard about John Carlson and when do you expect to see him back in the lineup? Yeah, certainly a, a scary injury and one that, you know, makes you kind of stop and, and think about, you know, the true risks that some of these guys take, you know, when they do go out on, on the rink. You know, we talked a lot about earlier this year with Nicholas Backstrom about how his hip injury was one that was really affecting him uh, in his day-to-day life. And certainly, you know, this is something that affected Carlson's entire livelihood, uh, you know, and, and could have been life-threatening had uh, the Caps medical staff not taken quicker action. So, you know, certainly, you know, to have that injury happen on December 23rd uh, and then to be celebrating Christmas with your family two days later, I mean, it had to be a, a surreal 72 hours for Carlson. But uh, it's been about three months now, almost to the day, uh, since that injury occurred. and. Uh, he's been making a lot of progress toward coming back to the point where I think we could be seeing him very soon. He's uh, been taking normal part uh, in Capitals line rushes and practices, morning skates uh, in a contact jersey. Uh, Tom Wilson uh, notably has been uh, trying to kind of get in close with him and, and give him a, a little taste of uh, real fast-paced hockey action. So uh, that's been funny to watch. But 
I, I think we could see Carlson, you know, make a return here, uh, you know, any day now, really. It just kind of depends on, you know, when he really feels back to 100% and where he feels like he isn't putting his body uh, at severe risk uh, returning. So, you know, the, the Capitals would certainly love to get him back. Obviously, the, the state of the season uh, is not one that really lends itself to making a run here. But at the same time, you know, when Carlson was out, when he left December 23rd, that was kind of the peak of the Capitals season. They were in the middle of a 11-2-2 month, their best of the season. Alex Ovechkin was passing Gordy Howe in that same game uh, for second all-time in the all-time scoring list. You know, that was kind of the, the pinnacle of the season. And with Carlson out, things have kind of fallen to the wayside. So uh, I think that just proves what a, a valuable player he still is, even as he gets into his mid to late 30s. You know, John Carlson is, is still just as important to this team as he ever has been. And and certainly they're they're looking forward to having him back at full strength next year. And one of the players that was brought in on the trade deadline uh, was Erasmus Sandin, and that was a big addition to this team. Uh, kind of a good two-way defenseman, has a good defense, good offense to him. Kind of an exciting thought to think of John Carlson and Rasmus Sandin playing at the same time. Uh, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty on who was going to play on the Caps blue line. Then we saw TVR get a new deal. We saw Jensen get a new deal. So there are some more answers, but kind of some questions that come into focus a little bit is, did Brian McClellan do the right thing to bring back a lot of those guys as well? If you're just talking about the blue line here for a minute, if what on the ice isn't working, or do you think there was a better option out there ultimately? You know, I, I think they've been very happy with what uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Nick Jensen have brought to the table this year. TVR being one of the team's best penalty killers. Uh, you look at, at his plus minus throughout the year on, on the PK, it, it's among the best in the league. Uh, expect the goal percentage, all of that. It, it really lends uh, itself to supporting the, the case to bring TVR back. And, and certainly that brought both him and Nick Jensen back on affordable deals. And I think that's a big factor to look at as well with the state of the capital salary cap situation and the fact that uh, it's the salary cap is not expected to rise by more than 1 million next season. So you know, the caps are, are going to continue to be kind of right up against that number. And, you know, they, they obviously had some holes that they plugged so far, but they still have a few more additions to make this offseason, some moves uh, to fill in a, a few spots, even on the blue line, uh, you know, depending on what they do with, with Martin Faravari and Alex Alexiev, uh, that'll certainly come into play as well as, as to what they decide to do. Uh, this offseason. So, you know, I, I think from from a standpoint of, of what makes sense and, and where the, the biggest holes they needed to fill, you know, Nick Jensen and Trevor Ramsey were two guys that I thought have provided very uh, solid contributions this year. You know, both have been very durable. Uh, you know, Jensen obviously missing some time lately, but up until that had really been in the lineup pretty much all season. TVR only missed his first game last night just because his wife was expecting uh, a child. So, you know, other than that, he's been out there every single night. Uh, you bring in Sandine, you know, he's been looking really good offensively, had some trouble on the defensive end for sure, uh, you know, causing a few breakaways there that I'm sure, you know, he wants to get cleaned up. But I think that's something where, you know, he's still very young. And uh, as you give him more and more responsibility and get him more integrated in the system, I think he has really exciting potential with this team. So I'm very interested to see how Peter Laviolette decides to to run out those D pairs. He hasn't uh, commented publicly on whether or not Sandine and Carlson are going to skate together. We've seen Sandine go with TBR. We've seen him with Jensen as of last night. Uh, so maybe he, they try him with Carlson here down the stretch to see how that looks. Maybe they go back to Faravari Carlson, which was a very good pairing last season. Uh, so very interested to see what Laviolette decides to do. And I, I think that this blue line overall, you know, it's it's been a solid group. The PK has been among the best in the league this year, a top 10 unit for sure. And uh, I think they've been pretty pleased overall. You know, I, I think it's pretty telling that they've shook up the forward lines a lot more than they've shaken up the D pairs this year. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of the things to, to look at. There's still some lingering injuries. I think just, I was at the game in Minnesota and I, it just seems like uh, Nick Backstrom isn't a hundred percent. I know that you're at a lot of the games in person there. You watch them on TV. What are your thoughts on it? There was a, you know, a couple instances in the game against Minnesota where it seems like a bad pass or kind of a coughed up puck, something that he's not traditionally about. Have you heard anything about Backstrom not being a hundred percent or is he good to go? Uh, I haven't heard anything about him not being at 100%, but I do know that they've really been kind of shaking things up with him. The, the guys that he's been skating with, it really hasn't been the same uh, on a consistent basis. Some of that due to injury, some of that due to just trying things out and, and seeing you know who he kind of gels with. I mean, you know, they've been pretty successful with Ovechkin and Strom on that top line. And, uh, you know, Kuznetsov has been there as well, in, not just this year, but in years past. They've had a lot of success with that. Uh, him and him, Wilson, play well together, and they've liked Wilson opposite Ovechkin, so that's kind of been a natural trio there. But uh, Backstrom has, has kind of been on his, a separate line, a line of his own, and uh, they really have just kind of been mixing and matching, trying to figure out what exactly uh, is, is going to work. And, you know, I think it's a, a situation where you know, when you do get thrown uh, into the middle of a season, uh, like Mick Backstrom and Tom Wilson did, uh, not having a training camp, not having your normal offseason, you know, it's a little bit tough to catch up. I mean, Tom Wilson was just talking about it the other day how uh, it took him a few games to really get back to, you know, he felt healthily 100%, but, you know, you have to adjust to game speed and you have to, uh, you know, really get your legs out underneath you out there. And, and for Backstrom, a guy who's a little bit older, went through a bit more dramatic of a surgery than Tom Wilson. I think it's expected that, you know, this year was probably not where we were going to see Nick Backstrom at his best. And if we are going to see him truly return to form, it probably comes next year. So just to kind of finish up on this segment here, what is the latest that you're hearing about Darcy Kemper? It's kind of, you know, his historically, he's a bit injury prone, whether it's his fault or not. I would say the injuries that he faced this year weren't his fault per se. When do you expect to see Darcy Kemper back? Yeah, Kemper uh, has skated on uh, the last couple of practices. He was out there, uh, morning skate yesterday and uh was actually the first goaltender off the ice kind of a dupe me made me think that he was going to start but uh charlie lingram was right behind and it, it turned out that lingram was going to be the guy kemper mentioned that you know he's kind of he's getting close you know he's he's playing a, a full practice at this point he's had two he logged two straight full practices um without any issue i think he's just kind of you know slow playing a little bit until he feels fully 100 like he's not risking anything so i i would imagine that he's very much in consideration to start uh, tomorrow against Chicago. Uh, we'll see if, if they decide to go with Lindgren one more time, but I would imagine that, you know, it's no more than a game or two at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, that is another game that I kind of penciled in as a must win game, but then again, so is Columbus. So we're really hoping uh, for bigger and better things for the caps here. All right. So after the break here, Washington capitals, Alex Ovechkin passed Wayne Gretzky for the most 40 goal seasons in an NHL career. Yeah, there is a bit of a silver lining to this season after all, isn't there? We'll talk about it after the break. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbooks, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Wizards game. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. Plus, 
Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger game payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this edition, we have Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington and just a really great evening uh, for Alex Ovechkin. Just really rolled out the red carpet for Ovi and his family, his wife, his kids, his brother. They were all there. Just a really great night. It, it gave you all the warm fuzzies, if you will, being a Caps fan. Talk to me a little bit about Alex Ovechkin's season and what that means as he continues to knock out one milestone after the other. Yeah, I mean, you know, if there's anything that we've learned this season is that Alex Ovechkin has still got it. You know, setting a new NHL record passing Wayne Gretzky for the most 40-goal seasons ever. Uh, he, he's just the second oldest player, tied for the second oldest player with a 40-goal season. He has 90 goals uh, since the start of last year, which ranks fourth in the league over that span with the only guys in front of him being Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Austin Matthews. So, you know, that is pretty good company, you know, and not to mention that all three of those guys at least 10 years younger than him. Uh, Ovechkin's kind of in a class of his own at this point as far as the elite goal scorers go. There's there's just nobody else like him, uh, you know, scoring from the same spot and you still can't stop it. I mean, you know, I, I think his game has very much lended itself to being able to, to continue uh, deep into his 30s, but, you know, props to him for – for keeping himself in shape and, and being able to do that. I mean, he still plays a very physical brand of hockey as well. His durability uh, has, has been exceptional, you know, really only missing, I think it's like 55 games. I mean, in his entire career, that's just an unheard of statistic, really. Uh, you know, we, we talk about Sidney Crosby and then all the time that he's missed over the years and, you know, what his numbers might look like had he not missed any time. We don't have to guess with Alex Ovechkin. Uh, he is rivaling the great one uh, now. Uh, coming up uh, where it's probably not going to happen next season, um, but but maybe the year after, um, but it's it's coming. And I, I think everybody recognizes it at this point. You know, it, it's kind of inevitable. You know, Ovechkin's just going to keep doing his thing. And the Capitals, like you said, really rolled out the red carpet for him. It was a, a cool night with all the ceremonies. I think uh, a lot of feel-good moments with his family there and uh, Ted Leonsis and Joe Beninati. I mean, it was, it was the whole nine yards and lots of really cool gifts. I thought that the stick, uh, by the USSR national team uh, was was really cool. Uh, just considering Ovechkin's massive stick collection, if you, if you haven't heard about it, you should definitely check it out. It, it's awesome, um, and and that will be one of the coolest probably additions uh, to his collection there. So um, you know, would have been nice if, if they had won the game, uh, but but certainly you know all, all the moments were there. He, he of course scores the first goal of the game five minutes in. Um, wasn't originally credited to him. They gave it to Strom, but had to to make a correction. Um, but definitely looked like it, it was his goal. And, you know, he just keeps on climbing, climbing these record books. Uh, and it's just been really cool to watch. And just taking a look at him, like you were mentioning a couple of the players that are, he is an elite company. And most of the players on this list are much younger. Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, Miko Ratnan, Leon Dreisaitl, Braden Point, Tage Thompson, Jason Robertson. And Ovi keeps knocking it out one after the other. The big thing for me is if he can stay healthy, and he is a huge dude, and that doesn't really always show on TV. I was down at uh, Kettler or a MedStar Ice Complex years ago, and he came out of the training facility there, and that is a huge, huge dude. And I mean, even without pads on the guy, you wouldn't want to mess around with him. 
What are, I mean, do you ultimately see him doing it in the 24, 25 season? I see uh, different things on Google. There's these trackers and they got him kind of just according to analytics. Do you think he'll ultimately be able to hit that in the 24, 25 season? Yeah, I mean, being only 70 goals away at this point, uh, 35 almost seems like a foregone conclusion uh, for each of these next two years. I mean, he's got, you know, three years left on his deal. So I, I think that certainly by the time he finishes that contract, the record will be his, will be uh, the sole member of the 900 club, which is just crazy to think. And if he wanted to play, you know, deep into his 40s, I'm sure he could break a thousand and be the first to do that and and really be in his own stratosphere. But uh, you know, certainly that's a decision that, that he hasn't made yet and one he's going to have to weigh uh, in a couple of seasons. But to answer your question, I do think that in two years from now is probably when we're going to see it. I think, uh, as you mentioned, the, the, some of the websites out there, the math is around mid-December uh, of, of the 2024-2025 season. So um, December 2024, uh, mark your calendars and, and pre-order those tickets because I'm sure those prices will go up uh, as we continue to get closer. So, I mean, I'm even just trying to think of anyone that could catch him. I mean, I would say Connor McDavid or, you know, it's uh, if you had to pick one player that you think one day could catch him. I know there's Bedard and, you know, all the, the you know, craziness that surrounds him. Do you think that McDavid is even a possibility? I mean, Connor McDavid is is very clearly the best player in the world right now. What he has been doing this year has been absolutely incredible. Uh, best season of, of his career so far, and that's really saying something. So I think if anyone could do it, it it's probably him or Austin Matthews. Um, it, it's just the longevity of it is, is really what it comes down to. I mean, you have to be averaging 30 to 40 goals a year for almost 20 years to, to nice. challenge this record. Uh, and, you know, you never know what can happen with these guys with injuries and, and how they break down throughout their career. So, you know, it, it's tough. It, like I said, the, he's 10 years over since 10 years older than all of these guys who are scoring at this pace right now. You know, there's nobody who's like 32 who, you know, could threaten if he continues. I mean, we're talking about guys having to do this for another decade. And, you know, that's that's, that's definitely not a foregone conclusion by any means. So, uh, you know, certainly players like Matthews and and McDavid have the, the talent to do it. But it's really going to depend on whether or not they're able to continue this level of dominance uh, for at, at least another eight to ten years. And the good thing for me is I know at least it won't be Sidney Crosby catching him. So all the, the Penguins fans can just uh, shut up about that. All right, Matt, once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work or are you working on any big stories you want to let everyone know about? Yeah, you can uh, check out all my work over at NBCSportsWashington.com. And I'm on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick as we Go down the stretch here. These final ten games, just going to be you know looking at some players' individual performances throughout the year. You know, to tease that a couple of guys like Alexi Protis and and Dylan Strome, both uh, I think enjoying strong seasons with the Capitals this year in their at their own stages of their own development and careers. So, going to be diving into them a little bit and uh, looking forward to, to putting those out. So, definitely stay tuned. All right, Matt, thanks for joining us. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Locked On Game to Game NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you find your podcast. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.